Welcome to Everything Went Black. Just getting over a little bit of a lull. Sort of uh, my energies have been, uh, the demands have been taking a lot of my energy and placing them in other directions these last few weeks. Just the rigors of survival here in New York City, working, trying to make ends meet. It's been eating up a lot of my time, but I feel like I'm coming out the other side of this long period of difficulty. Uh, things are getting exciting again here with the band. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. We just played with Baroness down in Philly a couple days ago, and that was a blast being out on stage again with a uh, gentleman, John Baisley, one of the nicest guys I know, and uh, it's good seeing him back in action. There's a there's a, a blog post that I wrote about that show and just sort of uh, you know how great it was to see John again, you know, playing live and. You know, after all the stuff he's been through, it's been it's been awesome seeing him out on stage again, and also just my trek for finding food, which uh, was a little bit more difficult than I anticipated. So, last week, my friend Ryan Patterson, someone I've known for over t- easily over ten years, easily over ten years, was uh, coming through town in his band Coliseum, and uh, of course, I made time to uh, to hang out with Ryan. Had him on the podcast and uh, just ran him through the uh, ran him through the ropes, man. You know, sort of took him through, got his ideas on a bunch of things, reminisced about the past, talked about Black Flag, which is sort of like the running uh, sort of commentary of these last few episodes. So uh, here you go, we got Ryan Patterson. So how's the tour been, Ryan? So the tour has been uh, good, interesting. Like, uh, you know, our new record came out, Sister Faith, and it like was has been way better received initially than anything else we've done, and and uh, you know sold pretty like way better than anything else we've done in terms of like that first week kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of realize that's not all necessarily reality. Like I guess you know somebody buying the record is, but a review and stuff like that. That's just like one person writing yeah. a review. So the tour's actually been smaller than anything else we've done in a long time, which is kind of weird off the bat. But then the people that are there are like really passionate and really stoked and like, you know, buying a lot of stuff. And so it was kind of a weird shock at first of just like, you know, you always think like new record, you have yeah. high expectations, you know, you go out on tour. Um, but I, like once I tempered that and kind of got my head on straight with that, it's been really good because the, you know, it's just that quality over quantity thing. Like the people that are there are stoked, have followed us for a long time, or are new fans. You know, there are people popping up that don't know the old stuff, which is you know, it's cool to me that somebody new can find the band at this point in time. So it's been cool. I think we're playing better than we ever have, and that's fun. Like definitely the most comfortable and relaxed and enjoyable time I've ever had on stage. This is the uh, second record with uh, temporary residents, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how's that working out? Good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, they're a great label and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, when you're a small band, like there's only so much any label can do for you, you know, like, like in the relapse years, it was like, it was a different time when we were on relapse. Like there's a lot of money, to be to throw to throw around, you know, it was like they spent a lot of money on us. Yeah, yeah. and like 
you know, and, and flew us to, to Australia on their dime, to Japan on their dime, to Europe once on their dime. And our record sold good, sold well for us, but not well for like that type of thing. So, you know, things are just different now. Like we just had to, you know, it's, it's temporary residence puts out the record, but we pay for part of the recording and we, you know, and they do a great job of getting a great press agent and all that shit and the records everywhere. But uh, a lot of things are just kind of left up to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of like, uh, it's it's a cool label and, and our relationship one-on-one with them is really strong, but they don't kind of foster that like label as community vibe. You know, like there's like, there aren't, it's not like the bands all tour together or anything like well, that. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. pretty wide variety of different bands on mm-hmm. temporary residence. Yeah. I know? mean, the thing that came out right around us was Alluvium, which is like, you know, bedroom, you know, indie electronic music. So it's like, you know, we wouldn't. You couldn't work. Couldn't work. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, so, but it's great. I mean, it's cool. It's like, I always wanted to be on touch and go or discord. And I feel like in terms of their roster, even though they might have some stuff that's maybe a little more populous than that, like that's kind of what I wanted to be. Like I, you know, like Blackheart Procession. Yeah. I was just going to say. Widows and yeah. Maserati mm-hmm. and like, you know, they Bo- put out the Bellini. bitch magnet. Yeah, Bellini. Yeah. They put out the bitch magnet thing, the Moss Icon thing. Where they put out a Moss Icon mm-hmm. record? Yeah. Like a, the, like the a discography. discography? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, there's all that going on. So it's that's meaningful to us to be a part of that. Yeah, that's, um. well, it's funny you mentioned Touch and Go because, you know, uh, Black Heart Procession was on Touch and yeah, Go exactly. prior. So. And so it was Pin Back. Pin Back, yeah. Uh, Three Mile Pilot. So they, they kind of tried to they actually sign all those bands. Oh, really? Was, yeah, it was like a, wow. a community huh. thing, as I understand. But. Huh. I didn't so, even know that. So yeah, it's very much of that that world, you know. So that's kind of, I think, part of what Temporary Residence wants to be, and what a lot of the bands want to be as well. Yeah. Did you guys record uh, down at uh, with Jay as well? We did. Yeah, we recorded it with Jay at his Magpie's Cage. Jay, Jay Robbins, that is. Yes. Sorry. Um, and it was his. He moved from his old space to the new Magpie Cage Studio, which used to be called Oz Recording in the mm-hmm. '90s, and that's where. Jawbox for your own special sweetheart, like uh, Girls Against Boys, Shudder to Think, Pony Express record, like all that, all the DC and Baltimore stuff of the 90s that got a big budget went to Oz. Right. And so he, this was his dream studio. So that we were the first session in that new space. And it was fucking awesome. It was a cool, cool space. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, that guy's got a pretty impressive catalog of bands he's worked with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was that process like, like the recording? You guys, you, you know, a lot of the tracking was done live or like how did you guys, you know, go through the whole process of recording? We we had about two weeks, maybe a little over two weeks. And so we went in and, you know, set up, we we, we set up with the idea of whatever we can get live, we'll take live. You know? Right. Um, but with the idea that probably the guitars would be redone because yeah. we didn't really focus on the sounds that much. But Carter and Kahan, Kahan's our new bass player, they oh. they are like much better musicians than me. You know, they're like dudes who can really play. Dude. And so... so. I, I, I feel you, man. Because like right now, it's like uh, pretty much I'm the worst musician in tunes right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Well, you and me, I think we're like people who... Yeah. Our, <laughs> our ability is writing and creating... You know, or at least I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but like that's, I'm not like a, it's an amazing player. I think my ability is coming up with a neat idea. 
Like that's. I'll go with that too, okay. man. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, you know Garrett, our, our our second guitar player, is like a legitimate like like shredder. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, I feel completely inadequate, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, like, the so Carter and Kahan just basically annihilated the whole record in that day and a half, you know, like, nice. almost all live. Kahan did a couple of overdubs, but the two of them just went bam, and so all of the rhythm section for the record was done in a day and a half, and, uh, and Jay's like, well, okay, you know, now we've got a lot of time. So what we did was really fucking cool, and we, I've never done before, is that, from there on, we took every song, and we had already sequenced the record before we started. Oh, okay, we made that decision so that we could kind of put it to all together and like have some segues and that kind of shit, like rather than sequencing it all once it was done. So we had the record in order listed there. Not that we recorded it in that order, but we knew how it goes. So we went and did everything else for each song and completed each song one at a time. Not mixing, but like. So we did all the guitars. Oh, I see what you're we saying. We did all yeah. the, you know, overdubs, percussion, keyboards, all the vocals. Then you listen and the whole song was done. Then you could move on. And it was fucking cool, man. I'd never done it before. So we would like do, this is guitar track. We would do like a sound for the chorus of a guitar. And then we would do a different sound for the verse or the bridge. And, you know, it doesn't sound crazy. Yeah. You know, Subtle. Schizophrenic. Yeah. But yeah. I'd never done that. I was just done like. Here's guitar left. Yep. Do the whole album. Here's guitar right. And it was just fucking cool. So everything was approached differently. It was really fun. Like, you know, bringing out a different guitar and different amps and just, wow. uh, and because they were so quick and because we knew what we were doing, you know, in terms of planning, like it was, we were able to do that. And that was just fucking cool, man. To hear the song, to not have to wait till the very end to hear the whole song together. Yeah. That could be, you know, a lot of the anticipation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, it's kind of good is that by completing the song piecemeal like that, if you want to change something, if you, you can hear the whole concept and not, you know, at that point you can be like, okay, cool. Maybe I want to do this differently and, and draw, jump in and maybe change something. Like, exactly. You know, instead of like, okay, today I'm doing, you know, the left side guitar and then yeah. I'm doing the right side. And then tomorrow I'm doing overdubs and then two days from now I'm doing vocals. And then like by the time you've actually gotten to the whole thing together, you know, you might you might have kind of lost that sort of vibe a little right. bit. Yeah. And you can't really reassess things. Like if you've done all the guitars and three weeks later you get to do vocals and you hear a little guitar thing you might want to do differently, you can't just easily pop back in and change that. So, yeah, it was fucking cool, man. I, I, I'd i never done it before and it didn't really seem to take any more time. Like we still had plenty of time for mixing and everything. And uh, I really liked that. I mean, yeah. there, there were occasions when maybe I'd do like, vocals for three songs in a row or whatever but yeah for the most part it was kind of like song by song so um with the new members in the band <clears throat> there's like it seems like there's probably like a logistical hurdle to get over with because carter lives down in, in alabama yeah, right? he's yeah. in birmingham and and uh Kahan is in nashville, nashville right yeah. yeah we last night when you guys showed up he's he's Sort of that same posse of kids from Nashville that I know. Okay. Like Ivan and those dudes from uh, Dawn and, you know, okay. Alron, like this whole little crew of guys down there. So so how is, um how is like, rehearsing and writing and all that sort of stuff? It's okay, actually. Like, we haven't all been in the same town since, shit, like 2005 or six. Because when Chris Maggi was in the band, oh, yeah. he lived in Florida. Florida, that's right. And that was a super pain in the ass because that was a flight. 
Oh and yeah, that was yeah. a lot of money. Yep, and all that shit. So for years, the band has operated on basically get together and just focus crazy hard for X amount of days. And so when we're writing, those guys will generally come up like every other weekend. And kind of like I was saying, like they, I write my shitty demos with yeah. like a drum machine and you yep. kind of get like a general idea. So they have something to listen to and work on. And then when they show up, they're prepared and they're just like, you know, it's not cool. like if, yeah, there's not like some dude who's like, okay, I don't really know. Or Carter can hear a song twice and then he's, he's, you know, understanding it. So we can refine it from there. So when we get together, it's really focused and there's a lot of work because all the groundwork has been laid. You yeah. Know? It's then, important, man. And then once you're, once you're in like, you know, in tour mode, it's like you, you're not really practicing. You're just yeah, you're just executing. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah, you're just executing the songs. That's kind of it's funny because you know that's sort of the situation we're in right now. Because I'm the only one who lives in New York right now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Andrew moved up to Ithaca, which is like maybe four hours away. Okay. Uh, ben, our new bass player, lives in Philly, which is you know that's that's not far. Yeah. Um, and Garrett lives in Massachusetts, so okay. you know we similar you know we spent a lot of time or i spent a lot of time demoing just with like a click track and share file sharing and all that sort of stuff yeah. and uh you know so far it's working out you know i mean we get together and it's the same deal we just sort of like you know focus and you know spend long you know a bunch of hours you know hashing things out you know and we did we did um but this lineup did a, a tour last year and it seemed to work out okay cool yeah that was the first tour we'd done actually with this lineup and it was the weirdest feeling. Like I remember the first show, you know, we've been practicing a lot because at that point, Andrew still lived in New York. So he, you know, we were, and you know, Ben was in Philly. So, you know, we were on a kind of a regular practice schedule. Like we were prior, but I remember that first show and it was like in Pittsburgh or something. I'm just like, get up on stage. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? I was just like, (laughs) it was like the weirdest feeling, man. Cause I was like, you know, Andrew's behind me. That's cool. But, like, you know, having Ben and Garrett was, like, kind of weird at first because uh, it was like, you know, we're in the practice space together, but then in the live setting, it was right. just, like, really alien, you know? Yeah. And it took me maybe two shows to really get comfortable with that, you know? So, I mean, you know. I mean, you've, yeah, totally, you know, you've, you've been through a lot of, you know, a lot of different lineups. It's like, you know, two-guitar lineup back in yeah. the day and, you know, a couple different drummers. Yeah, I mean, you know? I mean there have definitely been times when you just, you know, I... The, the Maggio years, especially because he was such a, a very specific and, and unique drummer. I remember we first went to Europe. Like he came and practiced with us a couple of times and we went to Europe and it was like, you were just in it. You know, it was just happening and there was no, you couldn't second guess it or anything. You're there and you were kind of figuring it out on stage. And, and that's happened a lot, man. And I hate not maybe what you're saying, but I hate that feeling of not being, sure on stage that's the oh, yeah. fucking worst thing man yeah that's that's uh, that's at that point when you're standing on stage there should be no x factor right it should be just like time to like execute the songs you know yeah i mean uh you, you, you met al biddle uh mm-hmm. yeah you know great friend of mine and yeah he did a tour with us in 2005 or six i can't remember uh with kylesa it was like torch's first tour it was torch Coliseum. i remember that so, and Al drove down in a muscle car from Toronto and broke down in Cleveland. And it was already running late. It was already like a few days behind. So we were supposed to have a week of practice. We had one night for a five-week tour. And he didn't quite know the songs. And I said, all right, well, let's cancel the first three shows and meet them here. And he goes, wow. no, 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 no. We don't, we're not going to cancel. 
So we drove to Savannah and met up with Kailessa and Torch, and we fucking sucked, man. I mean, I thought we kind of sucked the whole tour. It just wasn't maybe the right fit. But that first night, you know, I think there was like a misstart on a song. Maybe oh, that's the worst, another man. One. Just, That's like one of those nightmare scenarios, man. And luckily, I haven't had anything like that in a long time. I mean, he saved our ass by doing the tour, but yeah. some that feeling of not being 100% is fucking awful. He was in that band Rammer, right? Yes. That was the band he was from? Yeah. yeah. And he did toxic holocaust for a while oh well, i didn't yeah, know that yeah huh um he when we did the napalm death tour he was drumming for toxic holocaust the whole tour i didn't realize toxic was on that with you guys yeah yeah trapped them toxic wow napalm and uh cataclysm so it was like all these people like really tight and like-minded and then cataclysm was kind of this weird heavy metal band in and out yeah yeah, yeah definitely so rockers yeah but nice dudes so. yeah so dude how long how long have we known each other man it seems like it we're we're like into the second decade of our friendship. I would say so. Like, yeah. uh, 98, 99, yeah, 99, something like that. I, I was thinking about this on the way home today was, uh, when did I actually meet you? And I think it was Anodyne tour Louisville and you'd actually, I think, I think Rich Hall had set up a bunch of those, most of that tour. And, um, I think it was us and, and uh, Keel Hall. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and that was when I think I met you and I met Evan too that same day. I think we might have done a show for you at an arcade, Pandemonium. Yep, that was okay. it. Uh yeah, that uh the interview that uh the guy did about the anodyne oh, yeah, Andrew. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh that was really cool because he asked me all these questions that I hadn't thought about in forever. Yeah. Like you know, ask about like you know, motivation behind like record art and, and I it was cool. I mean I had to pull it yeah. out and like look at it and think, okay, like what do we talk about? Whenever that was, you know, it was really cool to reassess that, but I couldn't remember the exact, you know, all the times, but yeah, yeah, I do remember, I think Keel Hall stayed, maybe you guys all did, but at some point Keel Hall stayed with Phil, who's a drummer of National Acrobat. Yeah, I remember house. Phil, I, I don't remember if it was like a really nice house we yes, stayed at, so I yeah. think we all stayed there. Okay. Yeah. I just remember like Phil's mom would like cook breakfast for people or something like that. And, and I just remember them being... I vividly remember Keel Hall in the kitchen with Phil's mom, which was quite an experience, you know. I don't know who that is. All right. <laughs> I kept my, that's me, man. My, my bringer on, you know, like a jerk. You know, it's probably important. The hell with it. Not more, no, no more important than this. You exactly, know? exactly. So, yeah, man, that's a long time. Yeah. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah, Will, uh, Will is a unique guy, man, from yeah. Keel Hall. I haven't seen him in a long time. You know, I see Chris more often because Chris, uh, Chris came out here to see like the Nick Cave show. He was out here with his girlfriend. Okay, and um, we hung out for a minute. Cool, you know. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was like the beginning. Of Evan, I remember Evan and meeting Evan that same time. Yeah, and I think National Acrobat was supposed to play that show, but okay. there was some scenario, like some reason. But I've known you through all these different incarnations. There was National Acrobat, Black Cross. Um, you know, Coliseum. Yeah. And that brings us to like a newer project that you've been working on the, uh, the whips chains thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's, what's that all about? So, uh, just, I don't really remember how it, Oh, I do remember how, sorry, this kid, Will, Will Allard, he's in a band called Xerxes that that's pretty active. They're kind of like a, it's like new wave of screamo kind of okay. thing. You know, like Xerxes, the, uh, the Persian King yes. tried to conquer, uh, Troy Indeed. or, uh, yeah, Sparta. Yeah. Okay. So it was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he had a solo band called Lay Down and Die that was played some shows in Louisville. Like he would record these little EPs, and I got to know him because 
Automatics played a couple shows. We kind of got back together as a band I did uh, in the mid to late 90s. Like, oh, and that was before National Acrobat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was like a Indecision Records put out a 7-inch. It was just like a Dag Nasty kind of thing. So this kid, Will, played bass when Automatic got back together. And that didn't last long. We did a couple shows. But Will was just super cool, like, great guy. And So he had this little thing, this little band. And I said, well, shit, man, you should let me be in this. So we played a show, and then we were going to do some more stuff. And he said, well, let's just be a new band. So so he and I and this kid, Ben, who uh, drums for uh, Black God, my other side. Oh, yeah. I didn't even – yeah, we could talk yeah. about that, too. <laughs> so – the three of us just started writing. We just wrote some songs and uh, played a couple shows, and and uh, that was it. Like I just sent the record to Death or sent the recording to Death Wish and said, "Would you guys like to put this out?" And they wanted to, and so we did a tour with Converge last November. That was yeah, last, that was last I saw, yeah. And uh, so that was about it. We haven't done much since then. We have another EP recorded, but Will's like a, he he does recording, and he uh, and he's kind of like well, he's maybe because of his age, he's just into like a million different things. So he's always starting a million different bands and yeah. never finishing projects. So there's these four songs that are just kind of sitting there, and someday something will happen with it. But they're all mixed and everything. I, I don't know if they're completely mixed or not. But um, so we did that. I, I have to say that like I really like the band. It's really fun. But going on tour, I felt that at this point in my life, if I'm touring, it needs to be with Coliseum. That like I, it's it's the lasting thing in my life. Like it's the you know outside of my personal relationships and my marriage, like it's, it's the constant for 10 years of my life. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, if I'm going to be on tour and away from my wife and my home and my business and all this shit, it needs to be for like my mission. Yeah. Not just for fun. You know, totally. I'm kind of like, you know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It's man. fun, but yep. it's not, it's not just like, Oh, let's go on tour for a fucking week. It's like, this is part of this long experience. It's not just like, let's go out and fuck around. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're doing like a full U.S. tour. Because like, you know, by the last like week of the tour, it's like not really that much fun at that point. Exactly. Like, you're just kind of like, you know, yeah. you're doing a good job. You're going out, you're trying your best, you know. But, you know, you get you get to like those last five shows and you're just sort of looking to the finish line. You Absolutely. Know? So to not, to do that with a band that's not your your number one priority, I think it'd be real, tra- real taxing. Yeah, you know? it was weird. Yeah. And it, it's, I have this thing where it annoys the, fuck out of me when people come up to me and say so what band are you in now you know like whips chains or you know or like you know and i understand it makes sense with this you know what project is this is on tour and i'm like shit man i've been doing this for 10 years four albums like we played 800 fucking shows like this is it i feel like it feels insulting to me and i know that's not the intention but it feels demeaning to what this band that has done so much yeah to these other bands that have done practically nothing to I, you know i want my i want to be associated with with this and not with other things yeah it's kind of how i feel so um so that's not that's not over with but i kind of put everything on complete hiatus until coliseum's kind of done with this year's activities. yeah i mean this is like you got a new record out you're yeah. doing you know you're supporting that so yeah obviously that's your priority at this point yeah you know? and like yeah, when i'm home sense. for a few weeks i don't want to be like fucking practicing with another band yeah to play another show or whatever so the black black god that snuck right by me, man. Because I remember you guys played in New York, and I think I was out of town. Oh, I, I think was we on actually, tour or something like we that. We actually had to cancel that. Oh, show. you had to cancel yeah. that. Okay, yeah, we, I had a medical emergency with a family member I had to go home. But so that's basically just Black Cross, essentially without Evan. So Evan's oh, kind of okay. like 
not, it didn't start in that way. Like black cross kind of fizzled out. We always talked about doing it, but Evan just didn't, wasn't really feeling it. He's kind of on a different point in his life and he just wasn't feeling like doing anything in like the punk hardcore realm. Um, so we, so black God is me and Rob. Okay. He's a singer of black cross and black widows and, and Nick from young widows, who is the last bass player of black cross. So it's essentially like kind of a continuation of that, but you know, all new songs and, and it's really fun. Like we have rules that we abide by. Like we will we'll, no, write no song over two minutes long. Oh, cool. All we right. will we'll release nothing but seven inches, six songs per seven inch, no cover songs, no splits. We were just like, let's do all this shit. That way there's like no bullshit. Like, you know, we, we, we can't work too long on a song and we can't try to do a fucking album or like all these yeah. things that kind of make it stressful and more like time inducing. Like, I'm like, let's just do this. Be really simple. And so it's fun. And actually it, it affected greatly my playing and my, cause I hadn't played just guitar in a band in a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. So like I was able to kind of do some ideas that I'd followed with Coliseum and black God. And it, it really like led back to Coliseum in a big way. Like this kind of like, lots of, of like single note parts, like, you know, like the guitar part, instead of a, a riff of, of chords, it's more of like this kind of single note. Oh thing. yeah. Okay. And so that was something that Coliseum had touched on a little bit. And then I really focus on in black God and kind of led back to here. So I, it was neat. It was very like good for me as a player to play and not sing and also not be like super concerned about, like the legacy of the band, you know, you just like yeah. passed out some tunes. Yeah, definitely. So it, it helps you. I think it helped me like change my perspective and then become better. So that was, that was really fun. And we're still doing that. Is, are there, is there any recorded material? Yeah. There's available two, on two seven inches on no idea. Oh, okay. And wow. there's a third one that's, that's mixed and mastered and uh, basically just like waiting on the layout, but there's like no time frame since the band doesn't tour or anything. Yeah. So, but, um, so that's really fun. You know, that's cool. I've been playing music with Rob for fucking 11 or 12 years now. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, as you get older, it's really hard to hang out and do shit together. And yeah. so that's kind of like an excuse to be together as friends, you know, kind of like, like the other day I thought, you know, I was kind of on a downswing on, on this tour, like a bad show. And I'm like, fuck, man, what the fuck am I doing? Should I be at home? And then I think I wouldn't even be here. You know, like I would probably be in New York sometime, but like, yeah. you know, we were over at in Ottawa at Nick from Buried Inside's house right. and he owns this amazing video store. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I would never fucking be in Ottawa. Not that there's nothing, there's anything wrong with it, but like, yeah. I'm not taking a fucking vacation to Ottawa. You no, know? man. <laughs> you that's know? how I think about it too. Sometimes, you know, it's like, I was just, cause you know, we've been, you know, with tunes, we've been sort of like, you know, focusing on writing and we just playing these kind of one-off shows here and there just for the first half, you know, part of the year. And, uh, you know, every now and then I just, I get these weird feelings of, uh, just being in like Germany. Like, like I had this flashback of being in Bremen the other day. Yeah. Cause that was when, you know, we played a show with Merzer in, in Bremen. Wow. Which is insane. Cause yeah. I remember I saw like the, the flyer for the, for the show. I'm like, this is a fucking joke, man. So I found the promoter. Like, what is this? What's this all about, man? He's like, oh, Merzer is playing the show tonight. I'm like. There's still a band. He's like, yeah, they asked to play the the show, <laughs> so we played the show in Bremen, and it was like guys from Mer you know Merzer played. It was guys from Acme were there, dudes from uh, from Kitzer. Wow. 
And I was like, fucking yeah, I got, I got a photo with all these guys That's and bands cool. who's like, I've been really into like, you know, what, 95, 96 when all those records came out. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, you know, you know, you and I, we, we don't do this for the money. We're not trying to be famous or, you know, not trying to like, you know, get rich off of playing music. And it's just like, it's the experience and like the journey and the mission of like experiencing life. Cause like what the fuck else is there to do really? Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, what am I going to do? Like fucking, you know, have a career, you know, and right. like fucking whatever, you know what I mean? Like get, you know. Like spend every goddamn day in this fucked up city and yeah. not, never leave, you know. It's just like that's 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 the fucking number, man. You yeah. know, and yeah. it's just I'm down for it, you know. Absolutely, and you are too. You yeah, know? I agree. I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, it's the thing that's hard for me is is when you have a and my, and my wife is like completely supportive, but when you have a partner in that yeah. regard, uh, that there are like things that I feel like. I need to be responsible for and, and balance this life with that life. Yeah, totally. And, and for me, it would not be, this life would not be as content without the, would not be as good without the content yeah. at home. And that's kind of for all of us. Like everybody has other bands. Like Carter has maybe three bands in Birmingham and mm-hmm. Kahan is a couple. And we all play music and do things at home and are very content in that. And Carter said this the other day, and that's what makes this so great is that there are, this is just like, this is the mission and this is like the passion. But when we come home, it's not like we're not fucking miserable or whatever. Yeah. So that makes this a little like better. And that, and that's something I have to keep in mind. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is what I want to do, man. I'm, I mean, to a certain extent, I'm afraid of the option, other options. I mean, I, I, I don't really know the regular life that much. I had to get some regular jobs, uh, cause we didn't tour much last year. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Like I did some valet work and like worked with just some kind of like straight, straight up normal folks, like parking some rich people's cars, parking some, you know, average people's cars. And at first I thought, I can't fucking do this, man. I can't wear like a white shirt and a button <laughs> pants, you know, like yeah. I was like the first day I was like, I'm going to fucking cancel this. But a friend of mine got me the job and I couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't, yeah. yeah and, and it was fucking good, man. It was, it was like good money and it was, it was an experience and it was, it was nice. It was nice that like, some dude would say something racist or sexist, and I'd be like, "Hey, man, that's not fucking cool," because I didn't give a fuck. I don't know this dude. You yeah. Know? So it was neat, man. It was a neat experience. Like I also learned how to like deal with some regular civilians, which, which yeah. I never, I never come in contact with. Yep. Um, and uh, it was cool. It was very good. And then I worked at Todd from Slint's Video Store. Oh, I mean, yeah. Actually, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, and that was yeah. beautiful. And and uh, you know, I still have the. They were like. If you want to come work here full time, you got it. And I'm like, you know, outside of music, like you, like there's nothing that I love more than movies. And, and it was a cool job and I hope to do it more, but it's, I don't have the passion to be a video store clerk. Like I do to be a guy in a band, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Also, I mean, like I, I imagine, you know, and, and it sounds like a really cool video store, oh, but is, I yeah. think the downside of being a, uh, you know, an owner of something really cool is you attract a certain element of people who have this kind of like, you know, like they define themselves the same way people who go to record record stores define themselves by their record collection. Yeah. There's always that guy who's like, wants to know, you know, be the special guy who knows about, you know, this particular type of film or this director or whatever. And that, that gets a little annoying. I think sometimes, you know, I think I probably annoyed the hell out of people. Someone (laughs) would rent something and I would start, babbling on about it and they would just look at me with this like 
this blank stare. And I'd be like, I don't, you know, like they'd rent Brazil or something and I'd go, you know, you know, or a Haneke movie, you know, uh, something like that. Yeah. And I'd just get wild, but it was, it was fun, man. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, there's a great video store in this neighborhood, which I, I might have taken you to once before. It's called Photoplay. I'm not sure. That place is the jam, okay. dude. It's this guy, Michael, owns it. And it's been here as long as I've lived in Greenpoint. And uh, it's like, let's put it this way. He has 300 French films. Okay. I mean, that's not the foreign section. Yeah. All right? That's just from films from France. That's nice. Okay? Yeah. And, it also, and also, he has everything else. Like, you can get, you know. Like Fast and Furious right. and, you know, Iron Man and all, you know, all the cool, all the fun films are there too. Yeah. But that dude, like, you can, he knows about every, every genre, every director, you know. And when I first started going in there, I thought it was just like, oh, this guy's got everything, you know, broken down by like director and like by like, you know, country. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is going to be a drag hanging out in this place. But then you start to get to know people that work there and you get to meet him. And it's just like the dude loves films. Yeah. And um, Jay Green from uh, okay. Panthers works there. I have been there then. Yeah, you've been yeah, there. Oh, actually, yeah, I, yes, we have been there. Okay. Yeah. I bought some stuff there one time. When we toured with, with uh, Panthers and Mono and High and Fire, yeah. I walked from like yep. North Six over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was a cool spot. And um, yeah, that place is great. And just recently, I was in there talking to him about um, yeah, Blade Runner. Okay. Right? So like, there's apparently, there's a, a version of Blade Runner like a, a set that has every single cut of the film. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'll get it for you. I'm like, cool. $14. Whoa. Nice. And it's got every single version cut everything. It's not, what is it? It's not like the ultimate edition or what it's, is it? It's the Beyond ultimate it. edition. And apparently there are some like limited, you know, promotion that it came in like, you know, like a fucking briefcase or something like that. But this is the one, it's just the, it's just the discs without the packaging. Okay. Is this the, has the four hour documentary? Yep. The four hour, the whole jam. So I I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but, um, but you know, I just picked that up recently from this guy. The place is, it's like, you know, turn it into an advertisement for uh, (laughs) fucking photo play. But yeah, the place is definitely worth checking out. That's awesome. So if you're ever in New York city, (laughs) You're in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and you want to check out some good films. Check out Photo Play, Manhattan Avenue. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a couple bucks out of that. Or if you're in Louisville, Wild Louisville, Sun <laughs> Road. So. so how long is this tour? Is, this uh, is uh, five weeks. Oh. So we went to the the record came out April thirtieth, uh, and we went to the UK that week. Uh, two of the shows were on our own, and four of them with with Narrows. Oh, okay. Which is cool because those dudes are also guys that. You know, I'm not as close as with like with you, but like dudes I've known for a long time, like Dave from Botch and uh, oh, okay, yeah, and yeah. Um, Jody Cox is the guitar player. He used to be our booking agent in, in England, and uh, and Rob Moran, who's an unbroken, who I didn't know until recently, but he's one of those dudes that like yeah. a million friends and just like uh-huh. once we met, it was like we'd been on each other for 15 years. So that was really cool. Uh, we licensed the record to a label in the UK. Um, it's a label called Holy Roar, and so they're releasing it in the UK and Europe, uh, which I kind of just felt like it's better sometimes to have somebody there in those territories working your record. I totally you know? agree with that. And shipping is so fucking expensive that just on that, like if nothing else, we'll save thousands of dollars from shipping records. Like if we toured Europe two or three times on this album, then we'll have made thousands of dollars just by not shipping the records yeah you know no, definitely um 
So yeah, that was cool. So we did that and we came home for a week and then this is five weeks long and this is like day, I don't know, 10 or something like that. Oh, okay. And so we do three weeks headlining and then meet up with Baroness and open for them for two weeks. And, uh, but yeah, so tomorrow, uh, Red Hair joins us in New York City. That's our, or, or Brooklyn. That's our first show with them and they're the new Swizz band. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, Everybody from Swizz, but with Joe from Blue Tip and Garden oh, wow. Variety playing drums, and Discord's putting out their record. It comes out tomorrow, so so that's like huge deal for me. Kind of like what you're saying, like y- you do these things, and and then next thing you know, I'm like, whoa, Swizz is opening for Coliseum on a tour. Like I have the opportunity to not only see them and take them out with us, but like give back to them because I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And Jason Farrell, a guitar player, has been like a very good friend to me like went from being somebody I totally worshipped to being like we flew to the west coast for some shows and he like lent me all his gear to use and I'm using the Swizz and Blue Tip 800 you know I was Damn. just like holy shit so he did a video for us for free like he so you know not that I don't know how great our shows are going to be or anything like that but no. they wanted to come out here and play and it's the week of their record release so that's like super fucking cool for us so they're doing four shows so just getting back to Coliseum for a minute the um like you guys have, like the evolution of the band has been sort of like a gradual thing. But if you listen to, well, I haven't heard, I haven't heard the brand new album, but mm-hmm. if you listen to like your recent material versus the demo you sent me from like, you know, 10 years ago or yeah. whatever, there's been a definite like change. So, I mean, or an evolution or whatever you want to call it, like a, you know, a maturing of the sound or how, whatever descriptive terms you want to use so like you know how how is that the sort of mission statement of the band like the sort of you know um the sort of impact like how has that changed for you you know i i don't really know like i can't sometimes i think if i went back in time and talked to myself in 2004 and said what do you think the band will be in 10 years i don't think i i thought it would be exactly the same as what it was then but I don't know that I would think it would be what it is now either yeah. and I don't know what I think the band will be in five years from now I just kind of want it to always be whatever we want it to be and definitely when we started I was I hadn't sang in any bands since high school and I never really liked my voice and and so it was definitely like Avscum and, and Discharge and some shit like that that really like okay I can do this yeah. especially Avscum like mm-hmm. I can sing like this and that gave me in that total punk rock way like when you're a kid like gave me the, the whatever the strength to like go alright I can be the fucking singer because if I'm the singer and the guitar player nobody can take the band away from me yeah like it can't yeah. be taken out of my control in terms of like it can't break up or whatever um, so but I still think there was some melody in there. Like I listened to our first record the other day and like, there's a lot of melody, you yeah, know, definitely. It's, like it's always, and it's, it's always been choruses, you mm-hmm. know, like there's always been choruses where I say the fucking title of the song or yeah. the hook or whatever a few times. And, and then God damage, I think is even more so like God damage is like super like peg boy influenced. So I was trying to do some like real melodic riffing on some of that. And, so then with No Salvation, I think it was just kind of like Maggio got in the band, we joined Relapse, and I think consciously or not, we were really felt like we needed to make the band a little more technical and crazy. And 
and I, you know, like we were touring with Converge and I, and, I, and some other bands and I remember Lords from Louisville popping into my head oh, a lot because yeah, they right. had a lot of different, mm-hmm. like a lot of wild, you know, yep. changes and I felt like that was something we had to do. So I feel like that record, even though it has some real high points, I think there's a lot of like battling against my instincts as a songwriter versus what I was trying to make myself do. And I think the best songs on that record are the ones that kind of stick with simplicity, you know, in terms of in terms of the songwriting and not like chaos and, and, and transitions that are forced and shit like that. Yeah. So see I don't know, man. I mean I also feel like I got to a point with with Coliseum during that time period, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, that I would be playing on stage and thinking, like, I fucking hate this. Really? Just, yeah, just times I just like I don't like this. I don't huh. like what we're doing. I don't like how we're doing it. It was just chaotic and fast and just this mess. And and the most common reaction was like, "Holy shit, you guys are fucking crazy, man!" You know, but not like you had good songs, you know, or like yeah. you know, this this song really was memorable to me. It was more of just like this experience of like, "Whoa, fuck," which is cool. And there are bands that do that, but that's just not what I wanted to do. Yeah. And also if you're doing that, like once you've done it for a couple of years, you've done it. And yeah. It's just like trying to do something else, you know? Yeah. I mean, the last few nights on stage, I've kind of been saying like, you know, tempo and volume and, and aggression and anger, like those are all just like tools that you use in different ways. I mean, I don't think the band is any less angry or sincere or frightened or confused than it's ever been. It's just like manifested in a different way, you know? So, but I don't know. After that time period, I just like, I really wanted the band to be more representative of like who I am as a listener and who, like what I, my heart of hearts is. And while I love all kinds of music, like to me, it's all about discord and touch and go and SST and like, you know, and like that whole, we were in England the other day, this guy, the guy who drove us like really great guy. He, he, uh, he put out a record over there and he's a little mm-hmm. bit younger than me. And he's like, Oh, I kind of thought you were like a total Anglophile. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, I guess I am, you know, like sex pistols, clash, wire, gang of four, killing joke, you know, on and on and on. Like that whole first wave of punk in England and all of its offshoots, like right. all the post-punk and into goth and all that, like that stuff's huge for me. Yeah. So all that, like I would rather, you know, that's, that's more indicative of who I am. You know, like wire pink flag is like, I feel like it's a record that's like in my soul, you know, like I've sure. had it since I was a kid and, and, uh, and not that you can't love all that stuff and your music be completely different, but I just felt like, I wanted the band to be more along the lines of of who I felt like I was. And I felt like there was a point, not necessarily on No Salvation, but after where I, I during the touring where I was like, this just isn't me. You know, like there were, there were uh, tours that happened that felt like they were not about the music. They were just about like a metal band package coming through and a promoter being like, you know. Yeah. You know, like, promoters trying to kick us and the other opening band off a show because there weren't enough ticket sales and shit like that. And to their credit, headlining bands that were great people that kept us on the show, you know, and stuff like that. I've never felt like I, 
I never felt like anybody from Relapse or any of the bands we toured with were like insincere or anything like that. I mean, all all great people. Yeah. But I mean, Gordon Conrad always said to me, like, you're not a metal dude. You know, he would say something to me about something and he's like, well, that's because you're not metal. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's right. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. It's definitely a difference. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's a different attitude definitely between like you know, metal and hardcore and punk and all that sort of stuff, you know? And it's, I think you and I are probably just more fans of music really than, yeah. like, you know, than being like, I mean, I, I, I am a metal head, but like, I mean, right. but you know, it's, I don't only listen to Slayer and Napalm Death right. and, you know, Gore Guts or whatever, you know, when I have like, you know, you go through my record collection and, you know, it's like Joy Division, Fields of the Nephilim, like all kinds of stuff yeah. in there, you know? But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely at times on those, on those package tours, there's like a definite singular like dimension sometimes that gets expressed, you know, and you get lost in that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's very much like a, sometimes it can feel like a cog in a wheel, you know, in a machine or whatever, just like this kind of music industry thing. And I don't really want to be a part of that. On the other hand, I mean, I'm not saying that every show we play now is like part of a community and you know, like we play shows that are done by big promoters. We're playing at the fucking knitting factory tomorrow. You know, it's not like it's a, yeah. a DIY venue, but it's it's our show and we're creating the atmosphere and like we're putting the bands together and that's, and so we dictate that more than like, I don't know. So, you know, like for example, this fall and it's not 100% sure, but like we might be, we're probably playing with Girls Against Boys oh, here cool. in town, yeah. in Philly and Boston. Nice. That's, like that's the ultimate to me. Like it's not not the ultimate, but it's pretty fucking high up there. That's big to me, and that's that's something I would rather do than a lot of the stuff the band did during two thousand seven, eight, nine. You know, like that's that's more representative of what I listen to and who I am and what I like, and and that's more of like where I would like the band to be in terms of I don't know, you know, in terms of where we sit. You know, yeah. I never felt comfortable being called a metal band. Like it just didn't. I didn't grow up in that. Like, yeah. I don't really, you know. Girls Against Boys, like, I, I always liked their music, you know. But then when I read that, Scott, what was his name, Scott McCloud? Yeah, guy? yeah. When I read his lyrics, I was like, man, I don't know about this guy's lyrics. Yeah, they're always they're kind of like, light. Yeah. yeah, they just seem like sort of an afterthought. to me. I mean, they, you know, for all I know, this guy spent hours, you know, yeah. in the night coming up with these lyrics. But I felt like that was the weak point of the band. But the music was solid as yeah. fuck, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them a handful of times, man, because they were always on tour with bands I wanted to go see. I remember the first time I saw them was uh, they were on, on the road with Tar, the, okay. band, the band, the Amrep slash touch-and-go band Tar from Chicago. And then um, I thought they were good. I saw them come through again as a headliner. Then I also saw them on tour with Helmet and Casper Bratzman Massacre. Wow, okay. And that was awesome. That's Three wild. completely different bands. Yeah. You know, and like... Yeah, Casper Bratzman always, always stunned me every time. I've seen Casper Bratzman play maybe, you know, just yeah, twice. Okay. You know, but both times it was amazing. I nice. Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about this Black Flag reunion? Oh, man. <laughs> Complete and total, utter fucking bullshit. <laughs> I, so, so, Flag, which is the Keith Morris yes. version of the band with Stephen Egerton. Dez, Chuck, Stephen Egerton, and, uh, and Bill Stevenson. As I think I read Rollins say, like, those dudes, I mean, I guess Stefan Egerton too, because I don't know, the Descendants probably never got paid either. Nobody ever got fucking paid. Well, the Descendants did that reunion. They started reuniting in the late 90s. Yeah. 
And uh, I, I remember when I went to one of the re- reunion shows in Providence, Rhode Island. And I remember the place being, it was, uh, I forgot what venue it is, but it was a fairly large venue. And I'm like, man, this is more motherfuckers that I've ever seen at a Descendant show oh, yeah. in my entire life. Because yeah. like when I saw them play back in the 80s, it was like, you know, 30 people, maybe, yeah. you know. So, I mean, you know, the Descendants, and they were doing, like, the Warped Tours and all. So, they, yeah, they, were, they were getting money. Yeah, they've they been getting, getting paid. paid a little bit. I, I just, like, I just mean more in terms of, like, from SST. Yeah. As they've said, no one's ever gotten paid, and that's why everybody's taking their records back and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. You know, Rollins says he's never gotten a cent. Yeah. And so if, not even really as much as Keith, but, like, you know, to me, if, like, Dukowski and, and Bill Stevenson want to fucking, fucking make some money off Black Flag, they deserve it. Especially Dukowski. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, if Dez is in there, too, like, you know, those dudes just need to tr- are trying to, like, make it make their way. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dez was in, like, the New Misfits, which is, like, a fucking joke, but he's just trying to make... <laughs> I think he had a top hat in yes. the... Yeah, uh, he was wearing yes. a top hat in the uh, press photo. And, like, makeup and yeah. shit. Like, yes. <laughs> but, it, you know, he's just trying to fucking make his way, I'm sure, you know? Shit, I don't, you know, it, making your way through life is difficult. Absolutely. But on the other hand, like Black Flag, I feel like, again, I don't know what it's worth, but SST's still selling fucking records and still selling t-shirts. And he's making some money off that fucking shit and not giving it to anybody else. And reuniting Black Flag is just like complete and utter fucking bullshit, man. With Ron Reyes, who's like, a, you know, a singer of four or five songs. Like, yeah. It's just... It's just silly. Have you heard the song? That they have a track on Brooklyn. T- There's Union. a second one. Oh, I, did, I didn't hear the second one. The second one is better than the first one. The first one's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Yeah. It sounds like two bands playing a song at once or something. All right. The first one, the music, the guitar playing, I thought was cool. Yeah. The but the song, I thought, sucked. The second one's the same thing, and it's called The Chase, and it's like these pointless lyrics of like, they're after you, The Chase. And, and there's yeah. a video for it that looks... You should watch it because it's an official video okay. that looks like something somebody just made. You know, like those stupid videos somebody puts up for like a band song. It's oh, like right. yeah. still photos and like this really weird website. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, it's like almost like a GeoCities website <laughs> really big on the page. It's just horrible. I feel like it's one of the greatest or one of the biggest like... I don't know, like facades ever like built. Like they're headlining like the, what is it? The North. Oh yeah. The North side, like music jamboree, whatever the fuck it's called. Headlining all these festivals and people are buying tickets and I see people like posting like, Oh, I bought my fucking tickets. I'm like, for what? You're going to go see that? I'm going actually. Oh, are you? Well, the thing was, I was like, there's a, there's a whole like string of episodes of this podcast where I like express myself. And then I actually had um, this dude, Eric on, um, who auditioned for the bass player position. Oh, I read his article. Yeah, yeah, on the Vice, mm-hmm. right? So I had him on the podcast, and he at least made me interested in what it might be. But I have such a mixture of feelings, man, because like, initially I was like, blasphemy, man, you know? part. It's almost like, you know, I, I came up with this, just this analogy just now, man. It's like living your entire life, believing in God, and then when you die, realizing there's like nothing. That's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Like yeah. initially I felt like as like, you know, life slips away and you see this void and you realize your whole fucking existence was a lie, you know? That's how I feel about it initially. Okay. And I still feel maybe fifty percent of the time I feel that way. 
But after talking to Eric and explaining, you know, hearing his side of the story, it's like, you know, read the article and he'll go into it. It's on Vice, you know, but there's something there creatively still. Now, whether or not it's Black Flag or something else yeah. is is debatable, you know. But since it's Greg Ginn, he's going to call it Black Flag. I understand that. So I'm curious about it. I'm not like, you know, I'm going into it as more of like, you know, it's it's my duty to check this thing out and like, you know, evaluate it and, you know, report back to somebody <laughs> about like what my feelings are about this whole thing. So, you know, because I mean, Black Flag is probably the single most important band to my entire involvement in music and yeah. the way I the way I do everything in my life has gone goes back to SST and like Greg Ginn and Chuck Dukowski and like you know Henry Rollins and that's had such a huge impact on my life you know so at the very least I have to I have to check it out like Flag to me is like a cover band you know yeah even though Dukowski's in right it. oh yeah totally yeah you know, you know and Keith Morris is great in Circle Jerks but I thought he was probably the not not the best singer in Black Flag. Right. Like, I didn't really like his, you know, his contribution to the band. And Reyes, like, yeah, you know, Revenge is cool. Yeah. But what has that, what has he done in the last, right. like, 30-something years? Like a born-again Christian. And that right there, that's yeah. enough reason. Yeah. You know? I would have been happy if, if Greg Gain had just found some guy to, like, sing yeah. in the band. Some dude from, like, Texas or whatever, yeah. to like, who doesn't even know about punk rock music and put him in the band. You know, and, and just sort of went with it you know well, that would have been interesting I see you have spray paint the walls I haven't read it okay. but yeah at the end uh, Keith Morris says that I think I told you this uh, in November that Ginn got together with him and they were going to write be Black Flag and write yeah. some new songs and Keith Morris was like yeah let's do it and Greg Ginn and he worked on some stuff that he refers to as like Aerosmith or Fleetwood Mac-esque stuff and then Greg Ginn flaked out so I mean Keith Morris was ready on board at some point to do basically the same thing. Really? You know, but okay. it didn't happen. Yeah. Again, flaked out, but it's just all fucking weird, man. Yeah. To me, I, you know, like I feel that same way about black flag and SST, you know, even more so about discord. Like if fucking yeah. minor threat reunited with, you know, with Ian McKay on vocals and like just some random fucking dudes on, you know, and the rest of the thing, I, you know, it just like that would, that would, I would feel like it'd be crushing. I have believed in something my whole life and it was pulled out from under me. And I don't feel that way about black flag as much because again, already felt like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Yeah. Greg, Greg Gain is definitely a tripper. You know, yeah. he's like someone who's like really far out on the fringes sure. of human behavior, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, nonetheless, like Black Flag has always been like a huge impact and influence on everything that I've, you know, that I've done musically, really, you know. Well, yeah, and to go out and you see like Black Flag posters on the fucking wall and stuff, and just like, how the fuck is this real? How is this actively happening and being advertised somewhere? It's unreal. Well, the real death blow with me is just the fact that like, you know, in the last like, you know, several years has been this rash of, of reunions. And there was just a huge reunion this week, past weekend here in New York at this oh, yeah. like uh, Super Bowl hardcore like festival here with Judge and all this other stuff. And then, you know, these bands keep reuniting. You know, it's like Gorilla Biscuits reunited. You know, there's like whatever. You yeah. Know? None of those bands meant anything to me ever. You know, I mean, I know I live in New York City and whatever, but like that stuff was never had never any any meaning to me at all. You know, on a deep level. But the fact of the matter. 
the real irony is that as an observer and not as not as a participant because I don't participate in that brand of hardcore but to know the history of Mike Judge and his declaration that he's never going to be you know never sing for Judge again or yeah. never form reform the band and then, then suddenly it's like you know yeah he's up there performing at some festival yeah you know it all seems kind of like a joke to me I mean I, I don't know I I probably need to go. I think it's it was, all right. It's time to go. Okay. Sure. All right, man. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I find reunions. The saddest thing to me is that I feel like it makes our punk and hardcore generations like the baby boomers. Yeah. I fucking hate that. But then I don't know, man, like when archers of low for United, I go see him. Like I go see dinosaur juniors different. Cause Jay mask has never, fucking it never stopped. stopped yeah. But like there are certain bands that I go see that, that are meaningful to me that I think age a little better than like, not that I like judge, but like, or even Gorilla Biscuits. I think Gorilla Biscuits is fine, but I'm not interested in going to see that. Like, you know, I'm interested in like more music, musician kind of bands. You Rorschach. Know. Yeah. You know, but yeah. like, I don't know. I don't really know, man. I, I'm not in that position because I've never been in a band that's popular or important <laughs> enough to reunite. So maybe if I was there, maybe it would be different, you know? Right on, man. All right, Ryan. So okay. thanks for, uh, you know, hanging out. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. All Take right. care. I'm sick with this. I'm sick with this. Since you went in the fight, well, I just missed. My own sweet time. Genesis, whatever. I didn't recognize you for this anymore. I 